0: My reading this morning is from the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verses 1 to 11. So that's 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, starting at verse 1. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect, no, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it is I.
1: Do you know what the word gospel means? Evangelion is the Greek word, it means literally the joy news. J.R.R. R. Tolkien says there's a kind of story that brings unbelievable joy. He says these stories always have a certain kernel to them. There's always some incredibly hopeless situation and victory is snatched out of the jaws of defeat. But how? Always through someone who comes in And whose weakness turns out to be strength. Someone whose defeat turns out to be a victory. He says it's those kind of stories that just seem to bring us joy. He called them eucatastrophes. Do you know what the word eucatastrophe means? The joyful catastrophe. Catastrophe. The tragedy that turns out to be a triumph. The sacrifice that turns out to bring joy. Tolkien said, however, there's a eucatastrophe of the eucatastrophes. There's a story in all the stories. He believes there's a base string to the human heart. And those stories can kind of make it reverberate a little bit, but can't pluck it. Tolkien says the gospel story is the only story that will pluck that string so that the whole heart never stops reverberating and vibrating with joy. The reason it will reverberate is that this is the reality to which all of the other stories point. It happened. It really happened. There really is a hero who defeats the villain. There really is Jesus. The word gospel means the joy news. Joy, it's real. You have to have it. I took that opening. From a Tim Keller sermon. For the next three weeks, we're going to be studying this glorious chapter about Christ's resurrection. Remember the context. The church in Corinth is very troubled. There are divisions and immorality. There are lawsuits among believers, amongst other problems. Here in chapter 15, Paul reminds the Corinthians of the true gospel on which they've taken their stand. Paul takes them back to the foundations of their faith. Remember the gospel. Remember the resurrection. Remember how the gospel transforms. Firstly then, remember the gospel, verse 1. Now brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. There may have been all kinds of influences on the Corinthians, but now Paul wants them to remember the most important truth of all. He wants them to remember the gospel This is the gospel Paul preached to them, which they received and on which they have taken their stand. What is the gospel? What is this joy news? Look at verse 3. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. Notice, Paul did not make this gospel up he received it from the Lord Jesus and he passed it on without changing it. That, incidentally, is what we must do. Receive the gospel and pass it on without changing it. What is of first importance then, verse 3b? That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. In other words, the most important part of the gospel is that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, to pay for our sins, to take the penalty for our sins. We can be forgiven because Jesus Has taken responsibility for our sins when he died on the cross. And all of this is according to the scriptures. The death of Jesus is prophesied in the Old Testament scriptures. We may think supremely of Isaiah 53 and Psalm 22 as supreme places. Where the death of the Messiah is described. Remember this gospel. But the gospel is not just about the death of Jesus. Look at verse 4 that he was buried. Jesus really was dead and buried. That's very important. Jesus didn't just swoon on the cross and then recover. He really did die. He really was buried. The Romans were experts at crucifixion. There's no way they could have failed to kill Jesus. Verse 4, he was buried. And that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Not only does the Old Testament predict the death of Jesus... It also predicts his resurrection. We may think supremely of Psalm 16 as a place where the resurrection is prophesied. And we'll come on to think especially about the resurrection in a moment. Paul's argument is that we must remember the gospel which we have received and on which we have taken our stand. Verse 2 By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. This gospel is the way to be saved. In other words, rescued from sin and death from hell. There's no other means of rescue from these things. Sin holds us in its grip. We're powerless To get free of it. The consequence of sin. Is death. We die. Because we're sinful people. And the destination. Of the unsaved. Is hell itself. But by this gospel. By the death and resurrection of Jesus. We are saved. If. You put up your hand in a meeting once. You prayed a prayer once upon a time. Look again at verse 2. You are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. The way to know that you've been saved from sin and death and hell for heaven for a relationship with god as father for a relationship with jesus as our husband as our brother as our friend for the experience of being filled with the spirit the way to know these things are true of you is to hold firmly to the word of the gospel Keep on believing it. Keep on trusting the gospel. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. You may well have prayed a prayer to accept Christ. But if you don't believe it today, you have believed in vain. So, Remember the gospel. Now especially, remember the resurrection. Why especially remember the resurrection? Because if the resurrection is true, the whole gospel is true. If Jesus really rose from the dead, we can take seriously his claim to be God. And we can believe the gospel itself. Why should we believe the resurrection? We've already seen that it is prophesied in the Old Testament. Just as the Lord Jesus himself prophesied his resurrection when he was on earth. But then Paul gives us further evidence for the resurrection, verse 5. And that he appeared... To Kephas. Kephas is the apostle Peter. The risen Jesus appeared to Peter. And then to the twelve. Jesus appeared to the twelve disciples. Remember the transforming effect of this. When Jesus died, all his disciples ran away in terror. Even Peter denied that he knew Jesus three times. But having encountered the risen Jesus and been filled with his spirit, the apostles, the disciples, preached the gospel fearlessly. And all but John gave their lives for their conviction that Jesus really was risen from the dead. They simply would not have been willing to die if they had known that the resurrection was a lie. Jesus appeared to Peter, to the 12, verse 6. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living. In other words, Jesus was not an hallucination. It might be possible for one person to hallucinate, but not 12 at the same time, and certainly not 500. And Paul's point is that most of this 500 were still alive. The Corinthians could go along and ask them, Just in passing, Paul gives a lovely Christian theology of death, end of verse 6. Some have fallen asleep. Death is not the end. It's just sleep for the believer, from which we will awaken to be in the presence of Jesus. Christians coined a new name, for a graveyard they called it a cemetery which means somewhere where we sleep until the great resurrection morning yes remember the gospel remember the resurrection Paul continues verse seven then he appeared to James James was the brother of Jesus the leader of the church in Jerusalem Jesus appeared to James, to all the apostles, verse 8, and last of all, he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. Why does Paul put it that way? Paul was not one of the original apostles. Paul met the risen Christ on the Damascus Road when he was on his way to carry on his persecution of Christians. And that brings us to our third point. Remember the gospel, remember the resurrection, and thirdly, remember how the gospel transforms. The gospel totally transformed Paul. He hated Jesus, he murdered Christians. He was a persecutor of Christians, verse 9. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Paul was a Jesus-hating thug. He would stop at nothing to oppose the spread of the Jesus movement. But... When he met the risen Jesus, he was totally transformed. The gospel transformed Paul. And so he resolved to preach this gospel until his dying breath. Verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Can you say that? By the grace of God, I am what I am. I used to be a rebel against King Jesus. Not any longer. By his grace, I've been transformed. The gospel has changed me. In a Wall Street Journal article, George Weigel gives a combination history lesson and apologetic for the resurrection. There's no accounting for the rise of Christianity without weighing the revolutionary effect on those nobodies of what they called the resurrection. They encountered one whom they embraced as the risen Lord, whom they first knew as the itinerant Jewish rabbi, Jesus of Nazareth, and who died an agonizing and shameful death on a Roman cross outside Jerusalem. As N.T. Wright makes clear, that first generation answered the question of why they were Christians with a straightforward answer. Because Jesus was raised from the dead. As they worked that out, their thinking about a lot of things changed profoundly. The article mentioned some of the positive, secular outcomes brought to the ancient world through Christianity. A new dignity given to women in contrast to the classical culture a self-denying health care provided to plague sufferers. A focus on family health and growth. A remarkable change in worship from the Sabbath to Sunday. A willingness to embrace death as martyrs because they knew death did not have the final word in the human story, living as if they knew the outcome of history itself. rest su- suggests that it's only through what he calls the Easter effect that these changes make sense. The social changes that followed Good Friday occur only if they actually believed In the resurrection of Jesus. The gospel brings transformation. To individuals. To society as a whole. This was Paul's story. This is the story. Of every Christian. Here today. Verse 10. By the grace of God. I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. The grace of God. The undeserved blessing of God discovered in the gospel for by the death and resurrection of Jesus. The grace of God Worked in Paul so that he gave his life for the spread of the gospel. Verse 11. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach and this is what you believed. Remember the gospel. Remember the resurrection. Remember how the gospel transforms. Are these things true of you? Is this gospel what you have believed? Have you come to see the resurrection as historical fact? Have you been transformed by this gospel? Maybe you've been tempted to give up on Christ. Remember, this is what you believed. This is what caused you to trust. Or it may be, you are a Christian. But you need to ponder on the gospel. It was for me Jesus died. It was my sin that held him there. Because he is risen from the dead, I will rise again. I will enjoy a new resurrection body free from sin, free from COVID, free from all suffering in Christ's presence For all eternity, meditate on the gospel. Read the Bible. Give yourself to prayer. Commit yourself to serving Christ. See if the joy follows on from that. Let's pray. Father, we do indeed remember the gospel and remember the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. We remember the transformation that the gospel has brought about in our lives and in Western society and other parts of the world. Father, Grant us never to forget this gospel. Keep us pondering on it. Keep us meditating on your word and in prayer. And grant that we will know great joy as we love and follow Christ in whose name we pray. Amen.
2: So as the band come up, we're going to close with a lovely hymn that Paul could have written as uh, a reflection on the same sort of journey that he made, I think, uh, but Paul, uh, but the, the hymn writer, and let us with him, um, commit ourselves to um, giving in to God. Let no vice or sin remain that resists your holy war. You have loved and purchased me. Make me yours forevermore. Let's make this prayer our own. Please stand and sing. God of highest heaven, how we praise you that you have raised your Son from the dead, that you have conquered death, that you have given us a sure and certain hope of resurrection, that you have rescued us from ourselves, and that you have poured out your grace into our lives. Lord, you are indeed worthy to be praised, and we ask that you would glorify your name in and through each one of us amen amen,
3: amen. thank you for being